Shane's eyes look huge for some reason. I am currently really jacked up on nicotine look, and nicotine. Isn't that what his <laughs> eyes look like? His eyes are huge. There <laughs> and welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ Podcast. My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. And I'm here with my partners, Jeremy Broen. He's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Everybody's on Twitter. You can find me at Dynasty Madman. <laughs> and like we were just joking, sitting there with the big, giant, wide eyes there is Shane Manillo. What's How going on? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. My eyes have been the same size. Uh, you know what it is? is I'm usually, yeah, my eyes are usually pretty squinty. I think like 90% of the time, yeah, my dude. eyes are very, very squinty. So when they're like open, open, it's very confusing to people. <laughs> yeah, I was, we were like, what's going on with yeah. Shane's eyes? Yeah. And it's just funny because I just looked over at the screen and I saw his face. And I, I guess you're right. That's why it jumped out because it's not normally looking like that. But hey, <laughs> I, I thought maybe it was because of all this overabundance of news we have here that you're sitting there typing feverishly while we're getting ready to go. Because <laughs> we have <laughs> one of the news things, the cycle like changed like 10 times today, didn't it? With Alvin Kamara? Yeah, so we went through, basically, it was, um, uh, <laughs> first he had missed practice for three days because apparently he was unhappy with his contract. Then the Saints said, well, then we'll trade him. And then he said, well, I had an epidural. Uh, I wasn't holding out. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then today, <laughs> everything is fine. They kissed him made up. So in the span of like, if you were just in a coma for the last 48 hours, um, you wouldn't know anything at all in the world happened with Alvin Kamara. <laughs> um, it is concerning though, that apparently he's getting epidurals in his back. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't catch that as the news story at the time, but I saw you in one of the DM chats we're in saying something about, I think I need to go back and check how many players have had epidurals and how that's affect their season. Did you actually end up doing anything like that? Uh, no, but I got breaking news about something else <laughs> we're going to talk about in a second. Okay. Well, I, this Alvin Kamara, the, the epidural, which I just caught that recently. I mean, you, right. know, you know when women get an epidural it's when you know to make them less sensitive you know from the waist down hopefully it doesn't go higher it has before but when they're delivering babies so that they you know they're more relaxed and they don't feel the pain as much so it's like does he get them for pain is that what this is yeah. for like what um, for his back pain so i'm not a doctor but i did watch a couple of youtube uh things <laughs> uh one of them was dr, dr. jesse Rose. morse doctor i think it's jesse um yeah I i've seen him on Twitter. so i watched his video um a little bit but basically from what like i understand it it's just to relieve pain in his back yeah um is what i understand it to be um to me it still doesn't sound great um you know I, i'm not a professional football player I don't play one on television. Um, I have a <laughs> shitty back in real life. And, nice. you know, sometimes I, know I, I I bend over and I'm like, oh, well, Ooh. I'm just going to stay here for a little bit. Um, <laughs> hey, man, you probably want to stop bending over. Yeah. Right, whatever. <laughs> to say, you know. 
Look, I got to do what I got to do. Child support. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, uh, I mean, obviously we skipped over the main story, which was Leonard Fournette this week. And I'm assuming that you just said there was breaking news about something else because that's what we were supposed to lead with. But what happened? Something happened right now? Breaking news. And I wish we could get Sal on here because it'd be fun to talk to him about this. So why don't we get Sal in here right now? Why don't we get Sal in here because we didn't, did you even do the fantasy data thing? Nope. Let's do that. Let's say, listen, let's bring in. introduce Sal too. Yeah, let's let's hold off on your breaking news for a second and let's introduce Sal. But before that, let's hear about fantasydata.com. It's an awesome site with advanced metrics. Um, and the best thing about it is if you use our promo code, um, you save yourself some money. There you go. So go uh, over there to Fantasy Data, yeah. use our promo code, save yourself some money. The promo code is TRADESHQ. Is it all in caps? Yes. Okay. Just like you're yelling at someone. Trades HQ. <laughs> and and so what we'll do is let's bring in Sal right now, and then we can do the breaking news with Sal at the exact same time. Yeah, our guest is Sal Leto, right? Yeah. The dude from New York slash New Jersey lives in Jersey. Everybody knows him, right? The FF Funhouse, you know, the Potathon. Great guy. He's joining us in uh, any minute. I was going to say, anybody who is in the Scott Fishbowl, pretty much they listen to the, the potathon, And yeah, they would definitely know who Sal is. So there he is. So Sal is in the room now. So Shane, tell us your breaking news. Sal, so, so we'll get around to introducing in your, your ass and all that a little later. Um, <laughs> but we got breaking news. Breaking news. Leonard Fournette is signing with the Tampa Bay fucking <laughs> Wait, is it is it it's one hundred percent real? Like, oh yeah, look at this. I just hit refresh. Everybody's saying it. It is oh, a real everywhere. yeah, it's a real Adam Schefter tweet and there were rumblings Schefter. about it since yesterday. Oh my yeah, I heard the rumblings, but there's always rumblings about lots of things. But yeah, look at that. Everybody's saying it. So what does that do? <laughs> Wait, did one of you guys just say Keyshawn Vaughn? Yeah. <laughs> Poor bastard. Well, so I mean we already knew Keyshawn Vaughn is incredibly average, right? Right. I think that that was understood at this point when he was Not brought, everyone understands that, but he yeah. Brought, <laughs> he was brought, he was brought <laughs> to the Bucks. Because Bruce Arians hated Ronald Jones, right? Right. Pretty much known. Short of saying, I hate Ronald Jones, he said he, he hated Ronald Jones. He did everything else to indicate as much, yes. And he Keyshawn Vaughn was basically, that was his job. That's That's his starting job. So if he wasn't on the COVID list, if he didn't look like dog shit in practice, if apparently from all the camp reports is he's not that bright in the, the room. <laughs> allegedly, um, allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> he's not picking up the offense. And basically they were using him as a special team gunner, I think. Um, they tried to give Keyshawn Vaughn the job, but you knew Keyshawn Vaughn was in trouble when Bruce Arians went back to Ronald Jones and started talking him up. Um, and then they signed Shady to help with the pass catching. And now you add Leonard Fournette to the mix. And that's just a beautiful melting pot of hot garbage right now. Um, I totally forgot that Shady signed with them also. Holy crap. They are loaded. I mean, it's going to come down to who Tom Brady wants in the backfield. right? I mean, we we all know who's running that team this year. Right, exactly. So what do you think, Sal? What do you think about that loadedness of all the running backs? Well, like you, like uh, Shane was pointing out about Ronald Jones and and Keyshawn Vaughn was essentially just the guy who's going to take the spot because nobody else had taken it before, and now he gets the Ronald Jones treatment. Like when Ronald Jones came in, 
a few years back, and we all thought he was going to be amazing, and he, it just didn't pan out. Uh, that's kind of be, going to be Keyshawn Vaughn. So check back in three years on Vaughn uh, when all these other guys are gone. I think it becomes Fournette's backfield, you know, sooner rather than later. I think at the very beginning, because we're only, what, six days, seven days away from the season kicking off, well, 10, if you want to go to next Sunday. And I think he's got to get familiarized with the team. But I think sooner before later, it becomes Fournette. He's the best of those running backs there. Listen, yeah. like him or not, like his attitude, like what he does, the guy has produced – in the position and definitely produce more than anybody who's there. Even despite the fact that he can't break tackles, he still, he gets gets what's blocked for him and uh, falls forward. I mean, old school like that. Uh, Yeah. He's probably, he's better than anybody else on their roster. So he's going to start. And it's funny because we kind of skipped over the beginning part of it because it happened a couple days ago and obviously we didn't do a show, but the fact that he was just cut out of nowhere from the team anyways, a lot of people have all these different stories of why he was cut. But if well, it, I mean, they hated him. Well, that's what I I'm going to say. So uh, if the story is that they hated him, if he hated them also, he's got to be elated now to be over here with Tom Brady and in Tampa Bay and everything and then get away from the situation that he didn't want to be in and they didn't want him there either. Do you think that they read Shane Slender for that article from last week? <laughs> yeah, and sure. That's, that's exactly like, why. I didn't read it. What, what, do you think they did? That's yeah, I did. Uh, I pointed out how much uh, I, I think I put in it. My wording was the Jaguars despise having him on their roster. Yeah. Um, and just went through, you know, the fact that they, they voided his rookie contract as soon as they could. They've suspended him in the past. Um, Tom Coughlin, you know, Tom Coughlin's a crazy old man, but Tom Coughlin yelled at him or bitched about his attitude on the sidelines. Just they, they they tried to trade him and they couldn't get anything for him. And then the shadiest shit is Marone during the press conference this week basically came out, he flat out said they couldn't get anything for him, which yeah, is a that's, shitty that's move. really lousy, man. That That's definitely not a chess move. That's just like, I don't even give a shit. I'm just going to tell the yeah. world that the slap in the face to Leonard Fournette, not that I care. Yeah, but, but hey, no, I mean, the Jaguars are just... They're a trash organization in general. So it, it does make you wonder how, how much of it was Leonard Fournette and how much of it was the Jags. Because, look, the Yannick, uh, what's his name? They traded him. Ngakwe. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, they All signed the Blake. Picks. They signed the Blake Bortles. <laughs> they, they ate $16 million in cap money to sign Blake because they, you know, they signed Blake Bortles to an extension that they didn't need to. <laughs> then they trade for Nick Foles and give him, or, you know, and give him $100 million. Just they're a trash organization. I the mean, Tampa Bay, dude, this is great. If you're Tom Brady, you're, lo- you're loving life. You already had hopes for Leonard, I mean, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Rojo, yeah, you get another running back coming in and Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, he's maybe he's mad, but you've got a backfield. And then they add Leonard Fournette. He's already got all these weapons. They add Gronk. He has good wide receivers. Better, you know, on the outside than he, he's had in years. Mike Evans and so on. Godwin on the outside. I mean, this is a team that, um, you know, suddenly, wow, really good team. I don't even care. Bruce Arians might not be able to mess it up. It's so good with Tom Brady coaching the offense. It's funny too, if it wasn't for COVID, can you imagine like how much tickets would go for and how much the the stadium would be sold out? I mean, everybody was so excited about it in the beginning, but so many things have happened throughout this quarantine time. I don't know. I know here in South Florida, they're allowing 13,000 people into the stadium for the Dolphins game next week 
or, or whenever their home opener is, but I don't know what Tampa's doing. I, I actually never looked that up. Are, are, did, are they having fans in the stadium or not? Or do you guys no not idea. know? But I mean, you I can imagine. imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, the only reason I know the Miami thing, obviously, is because it's at home, but you, there is so much excitement there. So it, it must be pretty cool to be a, a, a Bucks fan right now, you know? So, so Ronald Jones is dead, right? Right. But that's what I was just going to say to you. I'm on that dream now. Be, like, I, I had uh, hopes that. He was gonna. I mean, he's down, he's done in Tampa. Yeah. Right. Well, do you he's think done he's Tampa. done? I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna push him out the not door right now. No. no. I mean, you know, don't read no, the tea leaves. Possible. It's obvious he's not a long term solution there, mm. and I don't even know that with Bruce Arians being 175 years old and Tom Brady being 86 years old that they're even looking beyond. This is a two year push. <laughs> this is all it is. 86. No baby. No risk it. No yeah. risk it. I haven't seen Fournette. I haven't seen the details to it yet. Um, I'm guessing this is uh, this is this is just uh, probably a one year deal. But they're they're pretty much putting all their biscuits in the basket and going for a Super Bowl this year, huh? But what about but yeah for that team? But what about for Jacksonville? Because we didn't finish with them though. With him being gone, who who's I, I over think there? I no, no, I know that. I think they are. And you said they're a trash organization. But for fantasy-wise, there was a lot of talk online about who to grab over there. Sal's shaking his head. Sal, who who would you want, if anything, over there in, in Jacksonville? I don't know that I want a part of any of those running backs. None of those running backs are a long-term solution. So if we're talking dynasty, which is what you guys are about, I, I don't want any of them. If I'm in a redraft this year, I grab who's available, a Zingbo, however the hell you say his last name. <laughs> Uh, Armstead was was not healthy. He hasn't been practicing, so he hasn't been working with the first team. I, I, I guess at the end of the day, you get five weeks of Chris Thompson before he goes on the IL or the DL or whatever yes. it's called <laughs> over there, and, and you focus on the wide receivers in that offense because you, you got DJ Shark or Chark or however you say it. You got Chenault coming in this year. I think those are the two main guys you focus on in that offense. Uh, Minshew's got to show something this year because if this team crashes and burns, you're looking at Trevor Lawrence next year. And, and uh, you know, it, it's tough to turn down a kid with that pedigree, no matter how much you love Minshew. So it's, it's a total prove it year in Jacksonville for everybody. And I don't know that I want much a part of any of that offense for 2020. Well, Shane, you yeah. said you wrote an article about Leonard Fournette leaving. What did you say in that article for people to no, do? No, 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 no. I wrote an article. It's good to see you guys supporting my work. <laughs> yes. I wrote an article no about clue. why you needed to trade Leonard Fournette because he, he was a time, he was a Fournette. Well, no, I, I remember that. We right. talked about that article last week. I thought he was implying you wrote no, something no, no, no. this week. No, I didn't week. write a new one. Oh. I didn't write a new one. Uh, well, that's but what I, I thought he said. news. Come on. Yeah. I, I got to be honest with you, though. Um, uh, you know, we were talking about a DLF. Ryan asked me if I wanted to write something on the Jags backfield. And I said, well, not really only because my only advice would be to sell everyone. Yeah. And I just literally released three articles in a row about selling people, and, <laughs> you know, and I didn't want to become that guy. Like, you know, sell everyone. You know, like what's Shane's advice? Oh, it's always just to trade them. Don't away, buy DJ no Chark. Don't do it. Sell him too. How no. funny would it be? He put oh, four him. articles out in a row. <laughs> sell, Minshew, sell, sell. It's, it's great. Minshew is going to give you quarterback one numbers this year because of garbage time um, points. It's going to be like Blake Bortles a few years ago with Allen Robinson, but Minshew's gone. He's gone. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, who's the other kid, uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance. One of them is going to be the quarterback there in, in 2021. Um, 
the Jags sh clearly have shown you we do not care about 2020. It's interesting <laughs> that they haven't fired their head coach and they're going to let him just do this walk of death, but good for him. Um, like Sal said, that backfield, I want no parts of it. I saw, you know, I picked up Divine Azabadzini. Yeah, um, sure. Is a big go. I picked him up in a bunch of leagues just because whatever, you know, obviously uh, if he gets a starting gig at some point, great. Then I'll run him out there and I'll try to trade him. But I, I saw Raquel, Raquel Elmstead get traded for a second in an auction league. It sounds like your mouth has given up again yeah. this week. Yeah. Well, what about yeah. the, what about the, like the other, the other rookie too, that people, his name popped up that nobody even knew about was that James Robinson too. You know, all of a sudden people were grabbing him. Good. Picked him up too. Look, I picked them all up because look, they're running backs, and if I pick up James Robinson for a waiver wire ad and can flip him for a fourth or for a third at some point in the season, yeah, I'm doing that. Um, but if I can flip any of them, like I said, if Raquel Armstead, I saw someone flip him for a second. If I can get that for him, oh my god, I could not hit except fast enough. <laughs> I mean, I like the kid because he's a local kid. You know, he went to Temple. Well, local for Philadelphia. If you're not from Philadelphia, then he's not local to you, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know. um, he's an American. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, I, I trade him, Thompson. You give me a third for Thompson, he's yours. Um, even if, I, look, and Scott Connor likes to make this move all the time. A lot of people do. I don't care if I'm going for a championship this year. You offer me anything for any one of those guys, and I'm trading them. Yeah. You know, and we made a joke about Keyshawn Vaughn and he was really hot there for a while, a couple months ago. I know, Jeremy, you just finished your last rookie draft with one of the leagues that we're in and he went pretty high too. So all those people that took Keyshawn Vaughn pretty high, should they be looking to dump him now or hold on or wait? Up? What, do, what do you want to do with him now? may as well hold on to him for a while i mean there's he just took a hit right and he, if you paid what most people seem to have paid which was a high first round pick um you know we didn't pay that in dfb we took him lower but um still you know he you know he, he lost value so i don't you know cut it is anybody gonna want him yeah. he's gonna trade for him right now i mean if if they're gonna give you what you paid great but otherwise it's a loss so you may as well just hold on and hope somebody gets hurt and he plays at least his value goes up and trade him because right now you're just gonna eat it that's the thing you can see Tampa. I mean, it's crowded right now, but LaShawn McCoy's 33 years old, however old he is. He's got about one year left in him. Leonard Fournette, it's probably a one year deal, but still waiting for the, the specifics to come out. Ronald Jones, they clearly don't think is the guy um, as much as I might like him. And he'll be a free agent in two years or unless he's released before that. So, I mean, yeah, you just hold on to Vaughn and hope that look, Bruce Arians might shit the bed this year. If Tampa Bay shits the bed, he's gone. You know what I mean? Maybe Tom Brady decides think, it's yeah. better to retire, and then that's a clear next year on that offense. You know what's funny though that I just thought of? What? It's that, and and then I want I want to hear from Sal because we're talking a lot here. But um, <laughs> Bill Belichick, we all blame Bill Belichick. I don't want New England Patriot running backs because Bill Belichick he'll use this one guy, and then the, you want the primary pass catcher. You want James White or whoever James White is at any given year. You want that back, but all the other backs are useless unless James White gets hurt, and and then they fool around, and there's a game or two every year where it's not James White, but somebody else goes off the hook. Here it's Tom Brady. He's got like four running backs again. He's going to pick, like Sal said, the guy that's the best that he wants on the field, and that's the guy that's going to get the reps. And, you know, maybe Tom turns into the old, you know, Tom of old with the Patriots and leads the team, you know, throwing to his favorite receivers because he makes those calls. 
we kind of blew past everything because we brought in Sal real quick because Shane wanted to do uh, his breaking news. But Sal, you made a, a, a comment where you said, well, you guys are talking dynasty. For you, we, we didn't do your proper introduction, but for you, are you more towards uh, redraft and DFS and all that kind of stuff instead of dynasty? Or were you just making that comment because of the show? Yeah, no, because obviously it's in the title of the show, right? But I, I, I'm, a, I'm a redraft guy originally. I've been doing redraft for 25 plus years. Um, I'm a dynasty guy about five years now, about year five, but maybe maybe six at the most. Um, and I, so tonight, after I'm done with you guys, I, I record my first episode of On the Daily DFS for RotoViz. I'm going to be a new uh, host of that show. Awesome. TJ Calking. So. I'm expanding into DFS, not my strong suit. I'm there for my good looks and charm. <laughs> um, but no, but I love Dynasty, and I've been getting more into Dynasty in the recent years because of guys like John Bosch and 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 Scott Fish, of course. So I, I'm a little bit of everything when it comes to that. So no, I made the comment more because I, I'm going to assume your audience is built mostly of Dynasty players, and we all play a little bit of redraft. There's some guys that hate it. Um, yeah. But it's it's my old bread and butter, and people keep offering me leagues, and I keep joining them because <laughs> I know I know that I don't have to go back next year if I really don't want to. Yeah, that um, is fun. You can hit the reset button at the end of the year, and you're one and done. A couple of best balls, a couple of redrafts. I mean, I still think the appeal is there to do a few. I like it. It's it's cool. Yeah, I end up look. I I don't join any. I guess I don't have any home redraft leagues. Yeah, all the redraft leagues I'm in. Uh, I mean, I, I end up actually being in quite a few because there's all the, the charity ones we do. Yeah. Um, so between that, you know, like a charity, I mean, shit, I guess I could actually say that I'm a best ball slash redraft player too, <laughs> even though I try not to count those. But yeah, I mean, you think about like the Scott Fish Bowl, obviously that's the biggest redraft league in the world yeah. in the history of life um, and the most important. And speaking of the Scott Fish Bowl, uh, you have something to do with that. Don't you do something? Well, that's what we were, that we, we mentioned that when he wasn't in the room, but we mentioned the, the pod um, how, how, how long have you been doing the pod and how did that work out with you and Scott? So this was year three. Um, and, and I was hoping that that thing would really catch its groove by year five. And it blew away my expectations by year three. So just a quick uh, backtrack. When I first got into the fishbowl five years ago, SFB 480 was my first one. Uh, and Kevin and Steve, as you know, who host Funhouse with me, originally Falafel, uh, when we got in, we, we noticed that Twitter buzz around the Scott Fishbowl was just insane uh, that first year. And then the second year, it, it grew even bigger. And I said to Kevin and Steve, you know, we should do a live show that day, like a one-hour show, two-hour show, get, get uh, Scott on, maybe a couple of people in the league, and just you know get some of that excitement that you get on twitter live on a show and in that off season from year two to three you know you guys are old like me you guys remember telethons <laughs> with jerry, mm-hmm. the jerry lewis telethon right. when we were kids was always on i'm like hmm it's charity telethons are charity and potathon popped into my head and i said to steve and kevin hey guys i'm doing this you're welcome to join me but i'm, I'm going to do 24 hours live and raise money. Let's see what the hell happens. And that first year I had to go out and try to beg people to come on, you know, who the hell is, who are you, you know? And I luckily Scott allowed me to use SFB in the title and use his name to try and pull people in. By year three, 
The big names are coming to me. Um, I was overwhelmed by the amount of people that wanted to come on by uh, Vincent Smith, uh, you know, NFL wide receiver, and uh, Shane Battier, cool. <laughs> NBA champion. We had to make it 30-minute segments just to fit everybody in. And I guarantee <laughs> you, next year, I'll have to do 15-minute segments overnight yeah. just to get all those smaller shows in because I want to make it about the big names and the small names because the small names and the little people like me, where I come from, that's the bread and butter of the Twitter and fantasy community. And I don't want to ever turn my back on those guys So and girls. So what I was going to say to you is I want to an hour next year. Um, <laughs> Half an hour, shit. Yeah, but we had one like two years ago. But you know what's we, really we were in the first one. <laughs> you guys very... have been on all all three, man. Yeah, so and um, we love being on it. And a half an hour is just not enough to continue. Well, to my friend, not enough for Shane to talk. No one else get a word in with that. And that's what happened this year. You know, Sal, we came on. <laughs> Jeremy at the last minute, something came up. He wasn't able to do it. And it, God, I wouldn't have been able to talk. Apparently, well, exactly, because <laughs> we were on it for a half. An, yeah, we were on it for a half hour. I think I maybe talked like a minute or whatever or two. It, but it, but the best part of it was we barely ever spoke anything of fantasy football. <laughs> like our yeah, entire segment. Cool. Like because I was listening to it, and other people are talking about who they're picking at one hundred three or who their what their strategy is or whatever and we spent the entire half hour with shane freaking out about text messages and and people talking in the chat and it, well in a 24-hour show guys i we need that it, well we, that's what i'm saying it was we fun just for you. For 24 hours i'm gonna lose my mind you know <laughs> i need you guys to come in and change the pace up a little bit and change the topic so trust me that's always needed. Shane came back on the next day. I, I don't know if you guys know this. Yes. He came back on and he took over that segment too. And <laughs> he's, he got a little belligerent, which is what Shane does, right? A little crazy, but I love it. I love all you guys. And what I'll say to you, Shane and, and, and Mike and Jeremy, you guys could come on anytime you want during that pot thon and hang out with other guests. There's room for that. You know, I give you guys uh, Dynasty Trades Headquarter your 30 minutes to focus on you guys. But that show's so long, and, and we would love <laughs> all of our friends to pop in from time to time with whoever. So you guys just tell me when you're available, yeah. and you come all in. Right. We we get rid of Steve. I mean, who the <laughs> yeah. hell is Steve? <laughs> well, There's thank you very much. Chair, right? The the fun so. one of the funny part when we were on there, I don't remember exactly what it was, but Shane was talking about Scott, and then all of a sudden Scott popped in there, <laughs> and then we were all like, "Oh shit, there he is!" But yeah. yeah we, Come on, whenever Scott just sits in the background, he posted over his camera, and then whoop, there he is. Yeah, well, we did have a really good time, and Shane's right. I just can't imagine what we would do in an hour segment, though. That's why I was kind of commenting. I mean, about we it. did it a couple years ago. No, 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 I know. Yeah. I, I just mean if we did it the way we did it this year, can you imagine hours? But I remember there was a lot of good feedback too of people telling us that you know, hey, it was fun because it kind of broke up the momentum of what was going on. You know. Yeah, if I get to listen to nerd. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, so if I get to listen to nerds for 24 hours, I'll beat myself up. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, yeah. Here, yeah. So, yeah I want to ask you real quick, Sal. I mean, I was gonna ask you, but it's clear that you love doing the potathon. Like, I, that was gonna be one of my questions to you. Like, you know, what do you, you know, what do you like about it? Do you, you know, how much fun is it? Do you love it? But it's clear that I mean, it's in everything you say. You're, you know, you're, you're animated. I mean, you love the potathon, and 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 you can't wait to do it next year. I mean, it's clear. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing, and I gotta, I gotta think um, about a few things for next year because, barring us being locked down again, you know, there's gonna oh, be God. live drafts next year, 
And, and Scott is doing it on Monday the 5th, which is the day after 4th of July. So I cannot do that show on 4th of July, which is Sunday next year. So <laughs> I was actually thinking about this just a couple of days ago. There's a real possibility I do that show next year, Friday into Saturday, ah. uh, the second into the third. Uh, that way we have the 4th of July off. And then me, Steve, and Kevin could be a part of live drafts on the 5th. And then maybe on the 5th, we do some live you know, quick shots hit hits here and there, but in yeah. order to get that full 24 hours in and make it what it is, it's going to probably be. And then this is the first time I'm saying it anywhere. So huh. breaking news, breaking Woo-hoo. news. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, will probably be Friday into Saturday next year, but yeah, yeah I, now that's something I could maybe even stay, be a part of for 24 hours. Yeah. I have no social life. So I'm down <laughs> for Friday through Saturday. Like, Cause then I'll be like, Oh no, no, I got plans this weekend. I'm doing the pot I like how Shane knows, but next year he'll have no social life. But, but uh, Sal, you raised a lot of money this year for for Fantasy Cares, right? Just an insane amount of money. Guys, the first year we did 4700 I was ecstatic. Year two, I was really shooting for 10 but we hit 62 and And listen to me, every penny counts. It's great. We went over $42,000. Wow. $42,400 and change oh this year. Oh, my God. Dang. It was just pure insanity. Now, listen, Scott did not open up his link like he's done in the past. Um, Scott wanted to really spread the money out amongst not just the fantasy community, but all communities. He said, listen, in a year of COVID, of Australian wildfires, of social injustices, let's put the money where it moves you. And people people did that. I mean, it was probably well over $100,000 in the name of Fantasy Cares this year, but 42000 of it came to us. And I thank Scott for that because I think a lot of people who wanted to put their money in Fantasy Cares came to us because that wasn't an option. Um, but just to have our name tied into it, just to be a part of it, to get back to what Jeremy, what you were saying before. Yeah, it is the single most enjoyable thing I do uh, yearly in this community. Um, you know, the podcasting, as you guys know, because you've been doing it for years now, sometimes it could it could become monotonous and <laughs> that never gets tired. And for it to just become synonymous now with the Scott Fishbowl it's it's my, it's per, my personal greatest accomplishment i feel and i couldn't be more thrilled to, to be involved in uh, congratulations man. yeah that's, you. That's... Thank, you. thank you to everybody who, who yeah. commit, contributes yeah thank you it sounds like the only negative part really is just having to do it with kevin cotillo i mean otherwise <laughs> just pure joy you nailed it completely nailed it did, did yeah, you that sucks i mean i i you know i don't know <laughs> steve gets a lot of shit and um, I get it because he's got terrible hair, and <laughs> I would rather have this. I would really rather have this than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the receding hairline. Thank you. That's so funny. <laughs> but if I had to choose who I'm stuck in a room with for 24 hours, I think I would choose Steve over Kevin. <laughs> That's just my my initial thought. Um, did you? I, I just wanted to ask him one more thing. You said you're going to do it that way, prob breaking news on our show Friday to Saturday. Did you consider doing it longer at all than 24 hours? Um, yeah, listen, it's a possibility. Uh, I think I think I could stay up for it. Listen, this year, uh, doing the show starting at 8 o'clock at night, because again, it, it was 4th of July weekend, and I knew Sunday, July 5th, people were still going to be partying. So last year, we started uh, at noon and went till noon the following day, but I, I knew we'd have no audience from noon to 8 o'clock at night. So I was obviously up all day Sunday leading up to that. I tried to take a little bit of a power nap 
beforehand, maybe got an hour in. Too fired so, up. Yeah, that's a guy who's done snow removal 18 <laughs> years of his life and had been on a shift that was 30-plus hours. I know I could do it. Um, I just wonder if I start to sound like Shane. Uh, <laughs> you know, Look at yeah. Shane. Did you see Shane's face? That was awesome. <laughs> Curious, is snow removal code? Like, snow removal helps you stay up. Like, yes. Oh, uh, I see what he's going Shane, for. I'm a, union, oh. I'm a union guy from New York. I don't know what you're trying to say. Okay. Forget about it. Shane, some snow, some other kind of snow. I don't know. I think it's really great what you've done and everybody loves it. And like Shane said, I love how you said we're going to do it like 15 minute segments. Shane's like, we need an hour, you know, so we're definitely there. We're definitely there for you next year. If you need us, just let us know. Uh, one, 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 and I'm sorry to keep breaking in with the Fournette news. It's one year, <laughs> three and a half million. The amount doesn't matter. It's a no. one year contract. Is that what it is? Okay. Uh, yeah. And the so, other thing yeah, is, the Bucks will not have fans for their first two games. They haven't decided beyond that. Oh, is that what it says online? No fans? So they're going to play in the stadium. Look at us. We're just breaking news as a show. <laughs> just edit it in. Weave it in. Just weave it all in. It sounds like we need to refile our podcast under education. Yeah, like, no. Pretend that's... that like, I broke the Fournette news. Like I was the one that broke the news. Like It wasn't Schefter. It was, it was Shane. <laughs> just, Shane is the worst. It's the worst. Shane Vanilla said that Leonard Fournette. In the podcast community for that we have here, yeah, Shane broke the news so yes i mean Keyshawn vaughn i mean just just to reiterate that point though if Keyshawn vaughn is someone that you liked you're going to definitely have to just stick it out and hope that next year things look a little better for him with two of those guys likely gone maybe probably gone likely yeah we'll go with likely <laughs> and, well, Fournette and, and shady Ogan Bawale, jones mccoy vaughn burnett i mean crying out loud what the who's gonna if they split the carries everybody's screwed so we've got we've got three of the quote-unquote bigger names last year in running back all on one-year deals in different places this year with Gurley and gordon and fournette and out of those three guys do you think any of those three are gonna last longer than their one-year deals or are they gonna go somewhere else afterwards i think gordon might but well gordon knows? isn't i thought gordon was on two-year a deal, right? oh is gordon two-year deal Gordon's on a two-year deal, but Gurley, I mean, you know, the camp reports where he was already in a wearing a sleeve on his leg and walking with a noticeable limp. So I, I don't know if Gurley's making it through this year, let oh. alone next year. So I'm sticking with my answer, Melvin Gordon is going to stop this year. two years. I thought that's what I remembered. But. Isn't it crazy how young Todd Gurley still is? He feels like he's been in the NFL for 10 years. Um, right. and, and like Shane's saying, my opinion is it's a one-year deal. They are going to ride him into the ground. Right. There's a good chance he doesn't play 16 games this season. And uh, where where that leaves him for next year, right. who knows? Maybe Leonard Fournette ends up there. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, so you still have the 2021 class. Obviously, Joe Mixon, we didn't really talk about that, but Joe Mixon re up. So he's he's out of that free agent class. But you're still looking at you could have Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, um, Matt Breda. Like, these are guys that I would take – if I was an NFL team or don't tell anyone a fantasy player, <laughs> I would take every one of those guys probably over Gurley. Cause I don't know that Gurley, like Sal said, I don't know that he gets through 16 this year. And I don't, I, you know, look, those degenerative knees seem to have degenerated quickly. Well, you know, I guess what you're saying then is even, even though they have those one year deals, even if they do do great, 
there's so many other guys that are all going to be available next year as well. So <laughs> I thought you would laugh at Dudu, but it, it, I was thinking, I was chuckling on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he just had to drop it in there. But so, so there's a lot of guys. So maybe that's the way the NFL is going to keep going with a lot of them. Just keep signing them all on one year deals all the time. Cause there's just so hey, many that come available. short term, man. That's what they are. You can kind of see a, a pair. It's going to be, and it, this is something that I talked about a few months ago that I wanted to see what the NFL was going to do. Cause it, it does seem like you have a lot of running back talent out there now that you can stop wasting early around picks on them and just, yeah, keep resigning these guys. Or if it's a, you know, a special case like a CMC or a Derrick Henry or um, Joe Mixon, they get that second contract. Um, which is going to be interesting too, because that means, you know, we're right now, we're used to running backs dying after the age of 25, 26. Yep. And, you know, I wrote a whole article on that. And even in the back of my mind and some, you know, a couple of people brought it up to me. It's, I wonder if that's because running backs actually just can't perform after that age, or is it because they just don't get the second contracts because NFL teams were going, well, we'll just, we'll draft your replacement. So now if they just start re-signing their own guys and or, you know, re-recycling guys like Melvin Gordon, it's going to be interesting to see what age running backs can produce through. 27, 28, 29, like is that is that average age going to tick that far up? It could be 30, right? 30 was the magic number a year yeah. ago. Yeah, ticking down. Right? It's, tick, it's definitely ticking down. And you can look at a, a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Um, Le'Veon Bell is, what, 27, 28? And he looks like he's done. And I think yeah, a lot of people, right? Yeah, I think Bell is more mental than anything. I think he just doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> exactly. I think he got his payday, and it's him and the coach don't like each other, and he's just seems like you know, yeah, there's no know. more, there's no more Frank Gore's after Frank Gore. It's mm-hmm. he's the last of that breed. Uh, McCoy's hanging on here, but played for the one guy that would actually play him last year, and he didn't play him last year, so. It's definitely going downward, Shane. Well, maybe AP might be, be a little bit like oh, Frank Gore. He's like a Terminator. Yeah, so yeah. Know. But, you know, we did kind of blow past it. You're right. What didn't uh, the Mixon contract extension, wasn't that like a four-year deal? Isn't four that what his extension four is? Four years, $48 million. Yes, I don't know. How many guaranteed years? Right? Exactly. You got to look at the guaranteed years. Nobody ever lives out, you know, plays these contracts out. At almost any position, like nobody thinks Amari Cooper's playing out that hundred million dollar deal, right? right? They got a better version of him that's a rookie this year that'll take that job within the next two years, and it's it's just you look at what the Saints did. It leaked out today. The Saints were actively um, looking for trade partners for Kamara, not because they want to trade him, but to prove to him nobody wanted to make that trade and pay him the money. So it doesn't yep. matter uh, how good these guys are they're a dime a dozen these days yep. and I, I think shane i was going to say uh before you brought up the point uh, i know barkley and and ezekiel elliott have panned out or seemingly have panned out barkley still kind of you know a question mark going to his third season at, at that high draft capital but fournette didn't in that range and i don't right. think you'll see a guy drafted top 10 top 15 or even top 20 going forward let alone in the first round you had a couple mm-hmm. of guys, Josh Jacobs last year, late first round. Sony and Michelle, look at you know, look at what he's done. It, it, it's just not worth it for these guys. Yeah, these second guys. round and down for the best ones. And Mixon just got, I mean, the Bengals just got him for his career. 
because he's going to be he's 24 now if he played out the entire deal which he probably won't it'll be 28 i mean that's you know they basically secured mixon for his running back life cycle um that's it and they don't they don't play beyond that not not at a high level and they can just draft another one in the second or third or fourth round and yeah, plug that back I, in maybe they can it's just the, the running back class next year is so deep like i, I didn't yeah. even remember guys like kareem hunt marlon mack philip Lindsay, james connor like you know these are all guys that have shown that they can be thousand yard running backs in the league um you know and some of them like james connor has shown that when he's healthy he can be elite so if i was going to drop a second round pick you know as an nfl franchise should i drop a second round pick on a running back or can i just go pay james connor nine million dollars over three years or two years or whatever you know what i mean i i just think it might be oh next year it'll be interesting though obviously because of the cap but i think it might be more effective to actually just buy one of these running backs for a couple seasons like marlon mack what's he going to get on the open market and we've seen what he can do when he stays on the field yeah rather than spending 48 million dollars on a joe mixon just pay right. a few million dollars to a journeyman or whoever you know whatever every couple of years would make a little bit more sense as far as spreading your dollars depends on you know the cost of your quarterback and other things but yeah it's the 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 running back is just you know a, <laughs> the number the x is on their head i mean they just you can replace them so readily it's it's too bad i would not let my kid play running back i absolutely love the fact that it's going to be absolute mayhem next year and this year <laughs> like not because i'm not look i'm not rooting for COVID, obviously but the mayhem that's already taking place yeah. i am absolutely i love it you Some know mayhem yeah jeremy you you actually said something that was interesting uh -oh. when you said you wouldn't let your kid play running back you know if, if the way the the future is for running backs in the nfl there's a lot of people that play football because they love football, but there's also a lot of people that do it for the money. Do you think like maybe some of these kids, I see Sal shaking his head, some, some of these kids in college and stuff like that, they're going to kind of steer away from the running back position and go to one of those other positions that they know that they'll make some money, uh, then go with the running backs? Yeah, yeah I'm sure it's happening now. Go ahead, Sal. I mean, I, yeah, I think no, we're seeing it already. Yeah, it's, you listen, you have, like Shane pointed out, I think it was Shane who pointed out like Christian McCaffrey, some of these hybrid players, those hybrid players, really good athletes who could do both things they'll still fill the position and they'll probably last longer than some of these other guys but how many of these guys come in as wide receivers and they work them into the rushing game as it is already i think the whole scope of what a running back position in the nfl is going to look completely different in hmm. the next five years you're not going to necessarily have guys who are just running backs on a team you'll have these hybrid players that can move everywhere and play, yeah. yeah it's a passing game it's just getting you know that dumping off getting it out you know quick hitch plays and stuff like that it's just going to be a i think the game's going to change so much and i think that the college game is going to start to spill over into the nfl a hmm. lot more too seeing it with the transformation of what quarterbacks can do right um it, it evolves it's going to be a completely different thing the old days of bell cow was a guy that would get 25 to 30 rushing attempts um now a bell cow to me is just 18 to 20 22 touches yeah. and quite frankly if it was up to me all 22 <laughs> of those touches would be targets um, you know, if it was up to you yeah, he would never <laughs> see a rushing attempt he would just have 22 targets out of the backfield
maybe as fantasy and dynasty people, that's going to start to change and to evolve too. You know, but we, even when you look at the real NFL and you're saying how it, the the position of running back isn't as valuable, it makes it more valuable for us as fantasy players because there's less and less of them. So we'll have to eventually evolve too if uh, if that ends up going away. You know, uh, we've well, had. You see, I mean. People have already, and this has been the summer, and this is the first time we'll talk about it really, but people are kind of slamming the zero RB thing. Right. Because they're like, oh, look, look how important running backs are now. Well, it's, there's still, it's like the top 12, and then everybody else is a guy. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a severe teardrop. Kind of, and I, I, I hate saying this, there's only, uh, there's a finite amount of players at every position that are actual difference makers. That are good, right? You want your starting lineup. There's like top, you know, the top 12 wide receivers, probably less than that, actually. Top 12 running backs. And then after that, I can mix and match most of my roster. Like, I'm more concerned with me trying to hammer. Like, if I can get a Saquon and an Alvin Kamara on a team, I'm probably going to win a championship. I mean, you know, you can... I've never heard you say this before. This is like a new philosophy. Where did you get this? This is this is like you turned over a new... This is, I feel like this isn't Shane talking. This read the Bible or something over the weekend. What's not... Oh, you, my God. Back, but that's, that's always been my motto is basically oh. I don't care about depth. Like, I'll trade away depth to get monster pieces. Yeah, like I'd like rather, yeah, great approach. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll take a zero at one of my positions if the other one, you know, is going to get me forty points. That's fine. You know, I'll take a zero because my depth sucks and I'm starting a wide receiver seven on a team. I don't care. I'll trade away all my depth. Like guys, that's why guys like Deontay Johnson, who I think are depth, don't matter to me. Yeah, I'm just going to trade them away, and I'll, I'll get a guy like Marquise Brown who's going to drop fifty one week for me. That's kind of just been my philosophy for the last couple of years. Yeah. And I've seen you do trades more in season than out of season with your depth. Uh, yeah. I know during during you're always pushing it just like Jeremy and I are always saying, you know, try to win now. Um, Sal, you said tonight you're starting the the DFS. I'm sorry. The, what was the title of your on, on the daily DFS uh, with Rotoviz? Yeah. So tonight you're starting that. It, um, we we have football, like you said, in a week. It, so is that going to be something you're going to do every week? Like, what is it going to be at the beginning of the week for people that do DFS? Yeah, we'll be doing it every Wednesday. We'll be doing a live broadcast Wednesday nights, um, and then it will be released in podcast form Thursday morning. Uh, yeah, and it's a DFS show. And um, I was going to actually say before, because Shane brought up Marlon Mack, the, uh, Marlon Mack to me is going to have low ownership in week one because everybody's so high on Jonathan Taylor. Right. They're playing Jacksonville, who gave up the most points in PPR to running backs last year. Uh, and he, Oh, he's not a PPR back, but guess what? He had 100 yards of the touchdown in game one, 77 yards of two touchdowns in game two last year. So Marlon Mack is like a little, you know, early flyer for DFS week one because owner you want low ownership on guys obviously in DFS and everybody thinks Jonathan Taylor is going to walk in there and the coach is saying Marlon Mack is the starter so week one at least I believe that to be true so before yeah. Jonathan Taylor takes that job over uh try to get Marlon Mack in a lineup in week one uh tonight's show is going to be an intro show we're gonna we're getting together for the first time so we're not going to talk too much actual for week one DFS that'll be next next Wednesday 
uh, we'll be talking next. Well, that's cool because the, the uh, I was just going to say for the reason we the reason I brought it up is for like you mentioned earlier, our show is Dynasty, so we don't usually talk too much DFS here. So I was just wondering, was there anything, especially with the way the COVID world is right now, is there any advice you have for people out there? that want to jump into DFS right now, because it, the whole fantasy community is all wonky right now and people aren't even sure exactly what's going to be happening. So I was just wondering if you had any advice for anybody that's listening right now that maybe hasn't stepped into DFS yet. Yeah. If you haven't played it before, I, I mean, do, do your research and learn what, you know, the first thing you do is you set aside what your bank is, what you kind of play with uh, for a given year. And if you want to do it weekly this year because of COVID, um, don't overextend yourself. Don't try to enter these large form tournaments where people are entering 150 max um, entries. You want to get into the smaller ones where you can enter one lineup or three lineups. Make it something more feasible. Maybe try to do the 50 50s, you know, the cash games where, hey, I only got to be better than 50% of the field right. to win the money. You dip your toes in. And, or uh, my oldest uh, redraft league, the league I started in 1994 is not happening this year. I'm sad about that, but uh, it's no. an old pen and paper league. Uh, my cousin's in that league, and I get you know jokes about being the old guy. I'm 46. My cousins in that league are 60 and over 60. These guys, they are old school. That league is not online. It's never been online, so they don't want to do the league this year. We did not have the live draft. I reached out to some of the younger guys and said, hey, listen, let's start a weekly DFS league. So yeah. you can do that. Get the group of guys in your league, and you could weekly do a DFS contest that's just 12 people, and only you 12 can enter it. You don't got to worry about people entering from outside. And get your toes wet that way. Do $1, $2, $5, $10, whatever you're comfortable with. That's smart. With. That's awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, eliminating the pool. You know who you're playing against. Um, that's it. Help you practice. Sure. I didn't and know you, you could do that. You learn it. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, on DraftKings, of course. And and with the new best ball, I mean, under Underdog is out there now, and uh, I think DraftKings is even doing best ball this year and weekly uh, best ball leagues, you know, like where you could just go in there and do it's no salary cap. It's just going in there and, and, you know, drafting and, and uh, you know, it's a fun way to dip your toes into it. Just playing with a small group of people that you actually know. You know what I, and I know a lot of, because I do it too, but a lot of us with DFS, we're just like, I'm going to go play this Millie maker. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to win that, and then uh, I'll be fine. And then you look at the guys that win, it's because they have 300 lineups yeah. in there and because they have guys that, you know, are paying their shares in the, into bankrolling them for the year. And they have algorithms that they work out. Like, you know, it's not as simple as that, but that's why, like, Sal's telling you to play, like, those 50-50 leagues where half the league makes their money back. All right, it's a small return on investment. It's a return on investment, though as opposed to just going every week, well, I'm going to lose $25 in this Millie maker. Well, you know what? Go make $25 a week or more yeah, if you want to play a few more play. than that and just do that. It, it, trust me, I know we all want to win a million. Uh, <laughs> there's not one person in the world that would be like, nah, I'm all right, you keep it. But yeah, like, like Sal, that was great advice, I think. Yeah. It, it, smaller tournaments in play. And I loved it. We were in a John Bosch league together um and that was one of the components to john's league and i had to leave it because there was too many components and my brain was breaking. always too many <laughs> but that was... oh you lost i'm sorry you missed this didn't you read this last line there was, that was one of the components was a weekly dfs um and we had a weekly dfs as part of 
one of like 12 different components for each week. So oh I could God. never tell how I was doing in any in the league. Yeah, so I'm not like, smart enough to get into things that are that complex. I like to just kind of, you know, play my angles, the ones that I know I'm strong at. And like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to dive in head first unless I've tested the water, like Sal was saying. I know how deep it is first. That's pretty cool too, what you said about getting your guys together. I, I wasn't aware that they let you do something where it's just the people that you know. I know when DFS first started, there was one of those DFS leagues where you were able to, or websites where you were able to uh, like go head to head with somebody and draft a team. I always like that better than the, the managing the cap type of uh, DFS. But if you can do that with your friends and only have them in the group, that that's pretty interesting. I had never yeah, heard of that before. What you're talking about was actually on the original draft app before draft was sold yeah well listen how dumb are some of these other sites draft was basically put the rest yeah. by fan by FanDuel, right FanDuel yeah owned them. they yeah. put them yeah. the rest and it was sitting out there just waiting and the guy who created draft that sold it to FanDuel was like oh i guess i'll just go do the same thing again so it's nobody yeah. else and that's who basically created underdog it's the same guy who yeah. created the draft app so i think underdog will hit its stride next off season that's I don't cool think yeah i got in the league not enough i think you're right about, so yeah but it was cool that that happened i thought the same thing as you um because i was really sad that draft was gone i joined one league and it was okay it's not as it's not as clean it's not as nice as underdog it's okay i mean as draft underdog isn't as clean or as nice as draft but right. yeah i think i think next year's probably when it'll 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 be better for sure it'll get yeah, there. It's, it's he, a has, he has big name people financially yeah and it's I'm an inaugural year, year right yeah i mean just, he's already He's already, and he's shown that, I mean, he's had a business plan before. He's shown he can create it and then, you know, run it successfully and then sell it for a major profit. Um, is that the one that Yahoo, I thought it was Yahoo bought it and then killed it, but it doesn't no, matter. It was, it was uh, FanDuel. They felt like they were competing with their own audience and they figured they would just basically put it to rest. But Mike, a, a suggestion to you, you could do a Dynasty, a Dynasty Trades headquarters uh, fan weekly contest on there oh. uh, maybe for your patreon subscribers and if you're in a patreon hey you have access we send you the invite it's, it's yeah that's okay. what i was thinking that'd be fun that is pretty cool yeah yeah sal when you made the joke about 1994 that's when i started playing with my college guys and i'm actually still playing with six of those guys still today 90s too man i started in the early 90s my first fantasy football league redraft league was in 1990 or 91 i'll have to look um we set it up ourselves you know our own rules and stuff it started out as redraft and then several of those guys first dynasty league that wasn't the same people but going back that far it, it's a, it's definitely an interesting way to approach some of these people that just started playing because you know i'm not saying that we always beat them or that they can't beat us but having that experience mike and i have talked about it it, it definitely gives you a little bit of an edge playing against and competing and trading that some of the the newer folks are just kind of getting you know getting their feet wet and spreading their wings or whatever um I always feel like it's maybe a little bit of an edge to, ha to have been playing that long. At least I like to think so. I don't know. <laughs> it is fun. But so what I was going to say was we had a bunch of trades to talk about and everything, but we've kind of come to the limit here we have with you. We wanted to have you stick around a little bit for the Patreon show. I know you have a live show to do tonight. So uh, why don't we wrap up this and we'll jump on the Patreon show real quick and go over some of the, the trades that we had. So Shane, tell everybody about our Patreon account. Oh, yeah, we got a patron account, and um, I actually just announced to the patrons today in the group me chat, um, this is the first time in like four years that I'm not doing a waiver wire, waiver wire article for at least one site for the last year, <laughs> so I was yeah. doing it for two. 
Um, <laughs> so guess what? Our patrons, they're getting a waiver wire article every week out of me. That's awesome. Um, a little edit, uh, bonus content, whatever you want to call it. But just <laughs> something for being our patrons, a little something more. So besides the uncensored version of this show, the bonus podcast every week, you're also going to get waiver wire articles um, every week out of me. Um, mostly because I enjoy writing them um, and I got to publish them somewhere. <laughs> And it might as well be to the people that, you know, that, that we that care about our the show. Most. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome. We also have a whole bunch of products with our new logo, Jeremy, right? Where do they get those? Oh, man. We have so many products out there. Great stuff. Mugs, stickers, T-shirts, hats, you name it. Stuff with slogans and sayings you've heard on our show. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, as Shane tells us, at least once every week. You can get that at dthq.storenv.com, dthq.storenv.com. Get some HQ swag. That's awesome. And go check out our iTunes account at Dynasty Trades HQ. Sal, before we go, though, tell everybody where they can find you, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, uh, we'll still be doing the Fantasy Football Funhouse with Steve and Kevin. Uh, that's the old, the old standard. You know, we don't do it as consistently as we used to, but we'll be doing that. You can find us on Twitter at, at FF funhouse and i'm on twitter at sal leto l-e-t-o f-f and that's pretty much where i hang out do all my interacting and uh on the daily on the daily dfs at on the daily dfs and uh, on rate on rotoviz radio and i'll be starting that again tonight and you can check that out weekly and uh wherever you get podcasts it'll be there if you're if you're checking out fantasy football podcasts you know where to find it that's awesome well thank you very much for joining us tonight and uh, we will talk to everybody next week so say goodbye everybody next week thanks Sal say goodbye Shane bye bye